Hi there, professionals. Thanks for joining me on my new exciting podcast series, Industry Insights with me, DPDS. This series will take a look at stories from entertainment industry professionals from all sectors of the industry. It will be compiled with various levels of experience and will really indulge in a journey of their careers and utilize their stories and experience to help influence current professionals in the industry or total newcomers wanting to get into the industry. If you are new here, thanks for joining us. I'm grateful to have you listening. If you enjoy the episode, please consider subscribing connect our community across social media for those that have been here before welcome back here's what we've got in store for you today well hello hello good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you may be in the world and welcome back to industry insights with me dpds have another exciting podcast for you today talking to another industry professional and a different sector and finding out all of the insights and their personal stories and experience into what's made them a great professional today and hopefully give you some insights if you're looking to work in that sector or just find out a bit more information about it. So I'm very excited to welcome this guest. I absolutely love them. Um, Please welcome to the show. There's no one here, but I'm welcome. You're going to clap and go crazy. Um, Branding and revenue professional, Victoria Rossi. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. Can I clap? Yeah, we're clapping. There you are. Clap. (laughs) (laughs) The crowd went wild. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Yes, doing good. I know we're all in challenging times, but keeping positive, keeping the faith busy. And, you know, that's all we can do at this uh, this moment exactly. really yeah very much so so welcome to the show i'm super excited to hear about your story and your your life stories and um then your insight into the industry and really coming from a different uh angle um of the entertainment industry they're talking about branding and revenue of uh, guest experiences and entertainment product um and how you orchestrate that and what that means to uh entertainment products oh i love that no this it's very exciting to be here um thank you so much for letting me be a part of this i think it's so important what you're doing and sharing with people, especially right now, um, and giving hope to people and, and something to look forward to. So I'm excited to share everything. Ask me anything. Uh, anything. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you right now? I am in my kitchen um, in Miami. We have a, a house in Miami Shore. So this is where I'm currently located. And originally from? Originally from Canada. And so um, born and raised in Brantford, Ontario, Canada. And then I left uh, home after I graduated school when I was 22 uh, to work on a cruise ship, not knowing what I was doing with my life. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then that one contract turned into a 15-year career. All right. Amazing. Well, I'm going to tap right in and we're going to dive straight in and go back to that. So I kind of introduced you and what your role is, but I'm sure there's more details to that. So if you can just, you know, introduce yourself, what you do, what your role is, uh, your profession, what sector that fits in with, say, the entertainment arts, travel industry, whatever it may be. Uh, just talk a little bit about that and then we'll go back to the beginning. Oh, wonderful. So um, like you said, branding and revenue professional. So I um, I've had the opportunity, the amazing opportunity to work in the industry, um, focusing on branding and revenue of all different types. Um, I spent a lot of time um, within working on projects that were showcased on board for guest experience. And it ranged from um, 
promoting and branding uh, restaurants to experiences to entertainment and then really showcasing it. And what I really love to do is, you know, with product development, um, developing an experience from beginning to end and then promoting that on board and whether it's driving revenue or um, just promoting traffic to people to go to that experience. That's what a lot of my profession was in. So I, I yeah. know how to, um, I guess, to drive behavior. I learned a lot about that I, and um, how to get people excited to do something and to go see what, you know, what we want them to see on board. I guess that's basically it. <laughs> right. And, and without realizing that is, you know, experience and entertainment, it all falls under yeah. that. And people don't realize when they're, you know, maybe even going walking to a gift shop or going to a restaurant, how the music is or what's the lighting or what is being uh, advertised to them on the menu. It's all thought about and, you know, in a, in a way that we want the guest or them to enjoy themselves have a different experience um so it's very interesting that if people don't even think about that oh it's amazing um something i learned really early on is that everything there's a strategy behind absolutely everything and everything's been thought out just like you said and um you know there's always a plan and there's always a goal at the end of it and just going through every little step and tweaking, I was actually just talking about this the other day, being able to tweak one thing can cause such a big result and a, and a different result and a good result or a bad result. And you learn from it every time. And I think that's what I really, really love about my, what, my experience is that, you know, there's these, all these little changes that people may not realize, but it, it affects the bigger experience altogether. Yeah. Awesome. So you talked a little bit about, um, you know, going back, you, you studied and then you went into the industry. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, before we get into that good stuff about your, you know, education, because I'm, I'm kind of doing, I did some research. I hope it's right. <laughs> um, you were originally studied um, at your university, but you studied psychology. Yeah, is that, that is correct? correct. Yeah. So I, um, so the whole story, I've been, I've been in entertainment my entire life. I was a dancer since I was two. I figure skated for 10 years. I German danced. I was in, you know, all the school productions, all the bands. And when I went to school, I really wanted to um, go into acting. And I applied for a lot of schools for their theater um, department, their theater program, and I only got into a few of them. Um, and I didn't get into the one I wanted. Uh, and so I decided to do, you know, go into psychology, which I was really interested in. But I went to the school that was in Toronto. And Toronto, you know, especially back then, it was um, for Canada, a big, a big city where, you know, film, acting, modeling, all that, all that stuff is. And so I thought, well, if I did yeah. psychology, it's something that I'm still interested in. And then on the side, I could, you know, try to be an actor and get an agent, all that kind of stuff. And so that's how it all kind of came to be. And then I really fell in love with psychology and understanding behavior. And I took um, a lot of marketing uh, courses with it and also society courses. So I took like a music and society, film and society, and just really learning how um, music and film and entertainment can affect um, people's lives and people's behaviors and then with marketing yeah. and courses on top of that i just found it so interesting in how you know people can um be affected by all these things so when i graduated i i didn't really know what i wanted to do and i knew that if i wanted to stay within psychology i would need to go back to school either get a master's or 
um, some other type of certificate. And I was kind of in this place being like, what am I going to do with my life? And a friend suggested to jump on a cruise ship. And they said... Yeah, as you, as, as you do. Just, as you do. You know, jump on a cruise ship. <laughs> and they're like, oh, just do, you know, the contracts are short. Do a six-month contract. Uh, you get to travel a little bit. And then you can come home and, and figure out what you want to do with your life. And so I had this big plan that I was going to go do that for six months. I was going to go to Africa to volunteer for six months after that. And then I was going to go into um, this rehabilitation program for my school. And I had this, my whole life planned out. And then you get on a, on a contract and then you never look back, um, which is crazy. And then it turns into this. So you talked a little bit about um, you wanted to be a performer. You were a dancer, uh, a figure skater. I never knew that. That's amazing. Um, Do you think like talking now where you are in your career right now, um, having that experience or passion within the arts, do you think that's helped you um, definitely understand, you know, branding and revenue, say specifically for entertainment when you come to, to brand and, and look at revenue and concept? Oh, absolutely. I think there, there's actually two thoughts to that too. I, I fully believe, and I've always, you know, told um, friends if they have children to always put their kids into dance. I think dance teaches you so much discipline and patience and focus that um, I feel like that's really helped me throughout my entire life. But then on the flip side, you know, there's so much thought that goes into each performance and the music and the costumes and, and everything creating the, that feeling that you want your audience to feel um, that has really helped me to really focus on all the details. You know, if the song doesn't match the the costume and it doesn't match the dance moves, it's like, what is this, what are we supposed to be feeling right now? And so I think that's helped a lot. Um, just being, just being really focused on those details and making sure that the overall experience makes sense. And it's, and it's what you want people to feel, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. So you had this plan, uh, it didn't go to plan and you ended up on a cruise ship. Talk to us a little bit about what you were doing on the cruise ship and, uh, your experience there, uh, and how you progressed yeah, through so that. When I, when I applied to be on a cruise ship, I actually applied to be an entertainment host because I really thought that it was going to be a short contract. Um, I wanted to go and have a great time. Um, and I got offered um, a job that is it's called Port and Shopping Guide. And so basically, if anyone's listening and they don't know what that is, it's a, it's a random job that... Uh, there's one person on board the ship that tells you where to go shopping and they promote stores ashore and they promote the stores on board. And, um, you know, whether it's jewelry or souvenirs or T-shirts, they suggest where to go. Um, and it's very high, uh, you know, focused on sales and branding and revenue. And so the reason I got offered this job is because they saw that I had a lot of experience being on stage and, um, you know, performing experience and a lot, a big part of that job is to have a show every cruise that uh, you present to, you know, 500 people and up and, and it's an hour long show and it's all you and you um, talk about every store that's in port and you promote and you sell and uh, you have to drive that behavior and you talk about the different brands and, you know, what the brands mean and the feelings that they create and all that kind of stuff. So I started as a shopping guide and I did that for about five years, um, jumping from cruise line to cruise line um, because the companies for the shopping guide, they're a third 
party company. And so I was able to work, which was amazing because I I got to learn about all the different cruise line brands. So I got to work on all different cruise lines um, and then eventually got to uh, go into the main office as a manager. And that was that was actually surprising enough. Ten years ago, um, I moved to Miami in January. Isn't that crazy? yeah amazing that's crazy and like talking a little you know for people that are listening that you've kind of touched on what portland this portland shopping guide does and you're completely right it's this engaging experience um you know everybody loves to shop and what better to uh have the experience where there's you know entertainment and there's this this person who's so enthusiastic (laughs) about sales and product but there's entertainment aspect Mm -hmm. to it um and that really you know can make or break the experience of shopping um you know if if you were up there and you weren't a great presenter or entertaining that would have uh, an effect on on that guest ex- experience um if you when you first started off did you have any difficult times or like okay that was not a good show or like how did you how did you craft what you did how did you become successful what are the key things to be you know an engaging um you know presenter within that 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 but genre there yes the answer to that there's lots of there's a lot of mistakes that i made <laughs> i um it's all in rehearsal i learned and you know watching the reaction from your audience and i would always tweak my shows and especially for especially for jokes or anything um that i needed the uh reaction to be what i wanted to be and so if i would say a joke if i do something and i would expect people to nod or to smile and i wasn't getting that then i would watch it back and be like okay that that didn't land right or let's tweak it and say it this way and then do it again and watching that reaction to it too. Um, I always had a really hard time watching myself back on TV. And so these shows would get recorded and then they would play nonstop for the rest of the cruise. And for the first part of it, I (laughs) I think a lot of performers say that it's like, (laughs) Oh, I cringe just to watch myself back. But it was so important because you get into especially when um, you're speaking, you get in, you fall into this routine where you don't maybe realize what you're saying every time. And so there would be a couple of times where I'd be watching myself and, and I would say my favorite, I used to use this as an example when I was training shopping guides and how important it is to watch your show back and to watch everything that you film back. Um, I called a diamond dark. It was so weird. I don't even know where it came from. I said, oh, you know, you really want to buy this diamond because it's really dark. And I'm like, why would I even say that? Like, why did it? It just, it was like (laughs) verbal diarrhea. And I don't. A dark diamond. This doesn't make it sound great at all. And so I I learned to really watch myself back. And then, you know, I, I think the other part is too, you learn just to be human. I'm a clumsy, clumsy person. And there are times where I would you know, trip on stage or, um, I hit myself in the face twice with the microphone. Um, I tried to throw a Frisbee into the audience and (laughs) tumbled off the stage. It was super embarrassing. Everyone laughed at me. And I think especially with that job, being able just to laugh at yourself and be like, you know what? Yes, I messed up and we're going to, the show's going to keep going. Um, gives you a chance to be okay with your mistakes <laughs> or with those silly mistakes and learn from them and say, maybe I won't step in the yeah. track with my heels and get my heel caught on the stage track. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the guests really, I would have loved to have watched it myself. <laughs> that would be fine. I, a, a big thing that I've been talking about on this series with people is, um, you know, about being 
your authentic self. You know, we're going to move on to, you know, what the core of your profession is right now. But going back to that time, if you had advice for somebody listening right now, who, again, when, uh, you know, operations resume and that happens, once they wants to get into port and shopping, um, how, you know, beneficial is it to be authentic and be yourself when you're, you know, being your, your brand? How does that make you more successful than, you know, somebody maybe is mimicking someone or just, you know, not really concentrating on a brand yeah, for themselves? I think that's a great question. People can smell fake. And, um, you know, when, especially in the port shopping world, you're selling all these luxury goods. It's, you almost feel pressure to be um, to be someone either smarter or um, pretend that you know you own all this jewelry or someone that you're not. And I don't. And I think our you know the cruise ship guests and and just people in general can smell when someone's not authentic or not genuine. And I think the other part of it too, yeah. you know, people people understand that no one's perfect. And so if you're able to relate to someone um, about, you know, where they're from or something silly, then, you know, people will trust you more and they will find that you're more credible. And at the end of the day, it's a sales job. And once that someone finds you credible or trustworthy or relatable, they'll, they'll buy from you more. And so I think, you know, yeah. keeping in mind that you always want to come across professional and kind and, um, enthusiastic and positive, but still being true to yourself and not being afraid that if you do have a funny quirk or if you trip, then it's okay. And you can laugh at yourself and still have fun with yourself. Yeah, no, that's valuable uh, information. People <laughs> listen to that. Yeah. Be authentic to yourself and connect. If you can connect with somebody, you know, they can buy, buy into what you're doing. And if you love yeah. what you do, that should just be a, a given exactly. that should just happen. Um, amazing. So that you, you had that time there, uh, like I said, and you, you moved into a, a short side position, like a mm -hmm. office position, uh, and then really um, worked on, you know, regional marketing, that kind of stuff, moving then ahead a little bit further. And then you, you became, um, you want to say, like entertainment mm -hmm. marketing. Uh, talk to us about that. You you um, landed a, a position where you were manager of entertainment marketing. Talk to us a little bit about entertainment marketing and what that yeah, actually I means. I truly loved being um, with Carnival. And I think out of my entire career, it was my one of my favorite uh, times working with Carnival and working in the entertainment side and, um, and being able to showcase the, the entertainment and build some and really great entertainment um, experiences as well. And so a lot of my time was understanding, you know, something as simple as signage and uh, posters around the ship and how they would be promoting the entertainment and the people in entertainment. And then a large part, which I truly loved, was um, being in charge of the television programming. Um, there were six channels, but two of them uh, were focused around entertainment. And one of them specifically, we were able to create some really awesome programming that featured our entertainers and our entertainment and um and people really loved it because, you know, they see these beautiful glitzy shows and these polished experiences and uh, and they want to know more and they want to know what happens behind the scenes. And so yeah. one of the things that we really tapped into was giving giving people what they wanted. They wanted to know about the human story and they wanted to know how these shows came to be because I'm sure you know. 
you know, people love to go backstage, right? And they want to they want to see behind the scenes. So we were able to give them to give them that, um, which I really enjoyed. And then on the flip side, for the revenue side, is just is entertainers have such a powerful voice on board, and um, you know they are celebrities on board, and people want to know all about them, and they have an opportunity to. Um, to influence people, you know, to make sure that they have the best experience possible. And so a lot of my time at Carnival mm-hmm. 2 was training the cruise directors and the entertainment hosts and some of the entertainers on how to um, drive that behavior and how to, uh, you know, present in a way that allows people to go where they want to go. So if they're promoting a show or a trivia or bingo or a restaurant, you know, having... Um, you have that microphone and you have that power that's like, okay. And the next thing that you want to do is head down the ship and, and go to this bar and order this drink and people will do it. And they're going to have a great time doing it. Um, yeah. So that was a big part of my, because the, the main thing, uh, you know, on a cruise cruise, obviously you're traveling, but unless you're eating or sleeping, you're wanting to do something on board. You know, you could be at sea for a couple of days or even longer. Um, and you know, that there has to be entertainment offerings how um, much like what on a scale how many offerings were you you know working on or are on a cruise ship that can be you know accessible for guests and cater for a oh range gosh, of guests of them. Um, <laughs> i think i think cruise lines and being able to work on so many and then work in the office for a couple i they there is so much to do and they, each cruise lines works so hard on um, creating experiences that fit the demographic of their guests. And something I learned at Royal Caribbean, mm-hmm. um, there's so much com- consumer insights that they they won't put something on a ship unless they know that this is what their guest wants. Um, and, and then they create an experience around that, which is really exciting and I think really important that cruise lines aren't just being like, oh, we think this is going to go well. They really cater to what their guest wants. And I think at any point you can wake up and find something that you want to do. <laughs> There's never, and, and, and if you want yeah. to hang out and read a book in a quiet corner, those corners are available for you to find too. So there's, there's really everything. Yeah. There's oh, kind of something huge. for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Not, not, all, there might not be always, like really but hopefully. Things, which <laughs> not allowed to do on a ship. Can't please but, everyone. You know. <laughs> yeah. So you, you touched a little bit there about, you know, uh, talking about how it's measured or you know how how do we know what people like or mm-hmm. or they enjoy can you talk to us a little bit uh, you know with your experience how is that measured so entertainment obviously drives a lot of revenue it drives experience um and in your experience within the industry uh, especially in the cruise industry how is that measured how how do we know what people like or how can we implement new um, you know, new product and, and hopefully yeah, the guests it's, will enjoy it's really that. It's quite interesting. And, and there are full departments that focus on this and um, in each cruise line. And when I was working at Carnival um, and I was working with uh, Carrie, who was deciding on what different types of production shows to put out, you know, they would have all this insight on what type of music people like um what type of shows they want to see do they want to see a country and western show do they want to see a rock show do they want to see um broadway pieces and i found that so interesting and um you know 
they they do focus groups. They everyone knows about the survey that gets sent out after you cruise, but um, they also send out additional surveys to specific types of people um, to really get their feedback back and. The other part that's really interesting, too, is that depending on where the ship would sail out of, um, they would put a certain type of show or certain certain type of experience. And so, you know, if if a, out of Texas, there would be the country show. Right. Or um, yeah, with Royal, they would yeah. figure out what type of restaurant they would put on um, different ships and and cater to that. Um, and they would share that these Departments would share this information with all departments. And so in Royal Caribbean, when I was working in product development, we worked closely with the consumer insights team. And they take all this information and they present it. And then we figure out what would work best. And so when I was with Royal, I did a big project on their youth and family uh, programming. And um, there was a big plan to revamp their entire youth and family program. And they did a lot of it before the shutdown, but there's so much, there was so much planned, which is too bad that uh, um, right. it didn't get to be fulfilled. But, um, but we looked at each um, age group of children. So we would look at, you know, from five and under, what would they want to do from five to 10? What the, you know, age group, what would they want to do and, and cater the experiences and cater the entertainment around that and build it from it because, um, you know, the guests are making sure that they get everything that they want and have a really great experience is always the most important. Yeah. And I, like I say, feedback is so great, even when yes. sometimes it's not so positive, but you still learn something from that. And you can think, OK, mm-hmm. so why is that not working? What can we change? How can we enhance it? Um, and I always love to read the feedback and I think it's great. And I, I never used to be one of those people yeah. that gave feedback, you know, when you get given a question, like, I don't have time. Uh, but now, like, it's so important <laughs> to me within my own job. I, I spend the time to give the feedback. And I think it's great because you're only going to make it better if you've enjoyed it. You're to go back and you want to have a better experience so if yes. you are listening give feedback yeah, it's great it, we know, appreciate if it's negative it we, we too, learn give from it, it too be nice about it but um you know yeah give it to because it's yeah. so it's it's so important that um you get to see it from all different sides uh i went for both for all my jobs i would always go back and observe and you know stand you know, in the, in the back, just to watch how people would react and then speak to guests afterwards. And then also speaking to crew too. I think it's really important to get the feedback from the people that actually operate the experiences and then the people that actually experience the experiences. Cause um, you know, you want to make yeah. sure that whatever you are creating and asking people to, pro- to operate is something that they want to do. Right. Cause they, the more that they love it, the better experience that they're going to be able to provide. And then on the flip side, you know, of course we want to get the feedback back from the guests to understand what worked, what didn't work because they see a lot of things when you're so muddled in the details. Sometimes you don't see the big picture. And so it's so important to take that step back and to ask people the questions that yeah. you need to know and then, and then adapt and adapt quickly from it. Yeah. Cause sometimes you can suddenly get this insightful information you know randomly from somebody that you'd never you'd overlooked because you you know were concentrating on so many other things so you're like yeah wow epiphany that's amazing yeah. thank and you right so write that down it's like how did i miss this yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean if we're if anyone's listening we're talking about the cruise industry specifically there are so many entertainment offerings and and victoria spoke a little bit you know from youth to you know adults it, it has to cater for all and it's such a large operation mm-hmm. and so many offerings um 
talking specifically for say um a concept maybe uh, for entertainment so talk a little bit for some somebody that like me or somebody else that doesn't know the details like how do you even begin with a concept idea for say entertainment revenue what's the oh process um, behind it's, that <laughs> it's a lot um <laughs> i think it ooh, it starts from just understanding what your goals are and um and not and also understanding that it's not always the revenue is the main goal because we want to make money and that's how we keep operating and all that kind of stuff. But um, also understanding that the experience to get to revenue is so important too. And yeah. um, so when I was at Carnival and I was taking care of, of bingo, you know, bingo fully is a really simple game. When you think about it, you go and you blot some numbers and then you could win a line and you win some money. And um, a big goal for us at carnival was to make it uh an entertaining experience and so that more people would want to go and they go back for the entertainment and not necessarily just to win money because at the end of the day yes we always want to win that money and oh, yeah always right. i need to play bingo right you know, now. and um <laughs> and you know bingo's not for everyone and so we to build on that revenue is to make it a better experience and to make it something that people want to go to and so you know, you and I, I am not, I may not be one that's going to go to a bingo hall, but if I'm going to be on a cruise ship and I know that it's entertaining, it's entertaining, there's music, there's dancing, the host is amazing and hilarious, I'll go back just to see, just to get entertained and yeah. I'll drop the money. And if I win, great. But if not, you know, it's going to be a good time. And so right from the very beginning, it's all about uh, branding the program, um, whoever that host is having a strong, uh, relatable, positive brand where people are just drawn to them, um, where they will follow them anywhere and we want them to follow them back to bingo. Um, and then and then making sure it's yeah. consistent. I think um, something that we haven't touched on, which I think is a really big deal, is making sure that the experience is always consistent. Um, because there is nothing worse than going one time and having a great time and loving your host and loving everyone that's a part of the experience. And then you go the next day and if the host is having an off day and, uh, you know, they, they come across maybe a little bit negative or not as excited or, you know, something else has happened yeah. or a price change or, you know, you walk in the first time and this is where you're supposed to line up and get your bingo cards and sit over there. But then the next time... Or the next day, the lineup is somewhere else and the experience is different. And you're just like, oh, wait, I'm just confused. Like, this is not what I kind of bought into. Um, yeah. And so, you know, making sure that um, from beginning to end, the, the, the experience is consistent. Um, and, then, and then, like we mentioned, is just tweaking and observing and auditing and then adjusting quickly. Um, well, that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think... Yeah, it's a, it is a lot, and it, you you know we could dive right into it for hours. But the the key, like you say, is the experience, and that's what entertainment is about: is the experience. Um, and yeah, I I've watched. You know, luckily my my husband actually was a bingo host, um, and he 
I used to be quite, you know, in awe of the experience they would have from, from when he first began to where he is now and be like, wow, there was actually people coming back just not to even play bingo, just to watch the experience. And then they would just, yep. you know, they'd end up playing or they would get involved because they were just having such a good time. Um, and that really sums up, I think, what entertainment mm -hmm. is, is to have a good time. If it's not fun, it's not entertaining and it needs to be, like you say, consistent and fun. Um, so you just, forget where you are for that exactly. moment in time and just yeah, have an experience perfect. how do you um so and like a product it could be entertainment it could be anything how important is branding for that what are the you know the what can i say the the, the bog standard you know this is the key elements for a, a branding something great what what do you do um, what's you, the branding you setup you want to figure out when it comes to branding your core values and what you want your brand to say. And um, whether it's a product or whether it's your personal brand, um, the way that we always would train on it and, and anytime, you know, I talk to someone about building their own personal brand or branding their product, it's what you want people to talk about when you leave the room or what you want people to talk about, about your product and how they describe it. And if you want your product to be, convenient, you know, that's something that's a word that you want people to describe your product as. Um, and if they're not saying that, then you haven't set up your brand the right way. And so, um, you know, starting from the very beginning, when you when you're thinking about your own brand or a brand of a product, think about what you want your core values to be. And then you build from that. And that goes straight down to the colors you choose um, when you're creating a product or a logo, or even the, the clothes that you wear. And then, you know, understanding the font around it or, um, you know, the way that it looks um, right. and making sure that everything that you put into goes back to those core values. And it, you know, when you look at I have the best way to look at it, if you look at fast food brands and uh, you look at all the logos that fast food, uh, that fast food brands have, all of them have the color red in them. Um, and because red means urgency and red means fast. And so, you yeah. know, red means like act now, like this is a big deal. And so you see a lot of these brands, they all have, all these fast food brands have red in them because they want people to think that, yeah, stop now, eat. Go, stop go, now, go, go. eat. Um, and so when you're, when you're creating something, you want to make sure that every part of it just hits on that. And then you want to stay consistent. Like I just mentioned, you don't want to, you know, create something and then, and have these core values of this is what I want this product to be, whether it's convenient, if it's a family friendly product, if it is, um, you know, a relatable product, you don't want to then turn into um, a product that doesn't say all those things because people won't buy into it and they won't, they won't become loyal to it. All of us are loyal to certain brands for certain yeah. reasons. Um, and they speak to us in different ways and we stay loyal to those brands because they are consistent and they are what we believe in. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. And then brands can evolve though. Like that's, yeah. I, I think people get nervous that once they choose what they want their brand to be or say, and, and I talk a lot about personal branding because it's something that I trained a lot of people on for many, many years, you know, what I, who I was when I was 22 is very different than I, who I am today. Um, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, when I was Same. 22, I was this kid that, you know, you couldn't tell me what I did wrong. And I thought I was very, very smart. Um, but 
I think, you know, being able to evolve and, and still to my core, my, my personal brand will always be friendly and, and polite and um, kind. And it's okay for a brand to evolve from whether it's a product or a personal brand. It's okay for your personal brand to evolve. Right. So you never need to feel nervous that when you are creating a product or branding yourself that you're stuck in this brand for the rest of your life type of thing. Yeah. So specifically, I would like if someone was listening right now, because uh, you've got such experience with mentoring and developing brands, um, say for someone who wants to be, you know, either it could be a headline entertainer, it could be a cruise director, you know, presenter, whatever it is. What would you say your advice is the, the things to work on specifically for your brand to get down? If there were three things that you could say, work on this, make sure that's consistent, what would it be Ooh, to, to create a successful let me brand? Think. Hold on. <laughs> I, know. I know. I'm throwing all these Even tough the questions, questions at you. In the list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the three things that I think people would want to focus on. Um, one of them is definitely physical appearance, whatever you decide that would be, um, keeping that consistent. And, uh, you know, it's an example we use our celebrities all the time when all of a sudden they look a certain way and their brand is a certain way. And then they decide to, you know, cut all their hair off or change the color of their hair right it's it's something different yeah. and which is completely fine um but when i worked on ships i i would dress in a certain way to make sure that i was relatable and i would always still have my my flair and so my thing was always be amazing shoes um and colorful shoes and so i i wanted to make sure that i always came across professional because i was selling luxury goods um, but I always still wanted to make sure that I had, um, some really great fashion flair with it, which I would always wear bright colored shoes or bright pattern shoes too. So thinking about what your physical appearance, uh, looks like and, and says about you, I think is really, really important. And, um, you know, I think the world has come a long way where we're not as conservative as we used to be, which is incredible. Um, and, uh, you know, whatever, however you decide to look, um, just making sure that stays consistent and um, and speaks to who you want to be seen as. Yeah, I think that's really important for any performer, anyone in the industry is, is to, to work on that and be consistent with, with what you are and who you look like. So when you exactly. do go, you're the yeah. best version of yourself. And I think another yourself. part of it too is, is um, what that first impression is of yourself and making sure that's also consistent and stays with who you want to be. Um, I used to, we used to say this a lot for cruise directors on that first night uh, when you're performing for people and they see this amazing high energy person and however you present yourself, that is who you should be every other day of that cruise. Um, you don't want to start in yeah. a way that you can't keep up. Um, and you don't want to start in a way that's going to change every single day because again, people are just going to fall in love with you one way and then if you change yourself, then they're going to be like, who is the stranger to me? This isn't the person I fell in love with. <laughs> think, of <it> as, <laughs> think of it as a relationship, right? Who is, who um, is this person? And then yeah. I think the third yeah, thing is, sure. is fully commit to it. Uh, with anything in life, and I think I learned this early on, that whatever you decide to do, 
jump into it head first and care about it a whole lot. Um, don't, you know, don't go into, I don't want to say a bad word, but don't like, don't half, half it. <laughs> don't half it. Don't have half it. Yeah, uh, don't have half and it. And commit to it and, <laughs> and believe in it. And if you don't believe in it, it's okay. I think something that we've all learned last year is that nothing is permanent and anything can change. And in a 30-minute conversation, yeah. your entire career and your entire life can change. And that's okay. And, you know, and how you kind of bounce back and, and pull yourself back up, then then you move forward. And and if you're not happy with what you what your brand is or, you know, you feel like you're settling into something, then change it and, and like, take control of it and, and turn it into something that you want it to be. Yeah, great advice. That is really great advice. Thank you. Um, so, I mean, we could dive into this for hours and hours, but I, there's other questions I want to ask you. Um, you did work there, and I know that you've worked mm -hmm. for other cruise lines since then, Royal Caribbean, um, et cetera, and then recently uh, come up with another project, which I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about. But I kind of want to go back to a bit more personal with you. You know, you've had this great career, um, you know, you, very different to what you kind of set out you ended up on this ship and then you you know been in this experience and revenue and all of this i kind of want to ask you you know during that time there must have been hard times there's been fantastic times but it, surely it's been a challenge and have you had hurdles uh, you know what personal professional like challenges have you had and how do you overcome them yeah, within I the realm that you work been in there's a lot of hurdles for sure um i I started out in the industry with in, in the port shopping role without knowing too much about the that industry specifically, the port shopping industry with jewelry and um, sales and all that kind of stuff. And I learned a lot. I I met this is a I met someone on my first contract that um, I had you know a long relationship with, and I think that person had a lot more experience, a lot longer experience than me, and uh, he was always seen as, um, I don't want to say like, I, I felt like I was in his shadow a lot. And so whenever I was introduced to people or, right. um, whenever I got introduced to people, I was always a part of him, um, which I, you know, I, I understood and I guess I accepted, but I also really hated. Um, and so I felt a lot of my early career, I tried to, um, you know, to show the industry that I was my own person and that I was, you know, I was smart. I was, I was smarter than him, <laughs> you know, I that you know, that I didn't need to be in the shadow and I wasn't <laughs> just um, an extension of him that I could, I could do this job. And so a lot of the time, especially in that first five years when we were working on ships, we worked as a couple and um, he was the primary of the job. And there were so many times where I was like, just give me a chance. Like, let me do this job on my own. I can do it. I'll be really great at it. And so I, it took a little bit, but I finally was able to get my own ships. And um, at one point I went off to do a fill-in and well, sorry, they asked us to do a fill-in and I always got sent to do them. And I kept fighting that I wanted to stay to show that I could do this job on my own or that I could be primary. And so they sent him to do a fill-in and I actually got uh, better numbers than him at those couple of cruises. And so then, <laughs> absolutely, thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course really you did. Hard. <laughs> and, and then for that next contract, I was yeah. able to be primary. And so that was such a big part where, you know, it, 
I wasn't just an assistant and I wanted to make that clear. And thankfully they gave me the opportunity to show that. And I think that was really a big step for myself to be in like, I, you know, I can do this job and I can do anything. Just give me a chance. And I think that was probably one of the biggest, you know, the biggest hurdles that I really had to go through to really just separating myself and be my own person that I wasn't a, Oh, this is so-and-so's girlfriend or this is so-and-so's wife. I was, I was Victoria Rossi. Yeah. So, so looking back, if you could give yourself younger Victoria Rossi advice in that situation, what would you, if someone else is in that situation or they um, come in that situation, what would you fall say? Don't in love on your first contract. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, no, or do, you know. <laughs> um, don't. <laughs> don't tell my husband that. There's always exceptions. Um, I think it's just, yes. don't be afraid and, uh, you know, just, go for it and don't be afraid to fail and don't be afraid to get embarrassed if it doesn't go your way. Because I think, you know, there are times where I can definitely say where I may have not taken the chance and I, and I not necessarily regret it, but just like, Oh, if I only would have, um, you know, put up my hand or, or volunteered, like I could really do it. Um, and yeah. um, a big thing for me, I, I, in bigger situations, I'm not necessarily always the one to jump forward first or to volunteer first. And I think that um, I've always been told that I need to work on tooting my own horn. Um, I've been told that by a lot of my leaders. And it's something that I've always tried to work on because it, it is it's not it comes natural to some people for for a lot of other people. It doesn't where I can't stand in a room and be like, I'm amazing. I did this. I did that. Um, and so I think yeah. There's ways that you can do it where it doesn't come across um, conceited uh, when you're just talking about what you've accomplished in a in a way with pride um, that that is considered tooting your own horn. So I think my biggest advice to, you know, younger me or, or people that are younger is is not to be afraid to be proud of your accomplishments and to talk about them um, because people want to hear them and they want to see what you've done. And and at the end of the day you may find someone that will help you along the way and to support you and lift you up and hand you things. But at the end of the day, you have to do it yourself and, you know, and with support of the people around you, because you yeah. will always find that support system, but don't be afraid to be proud of what you've done. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm really excited to see, you know, within this pause that we're in right now for so many in the industry and especially within, in the arts to see maybe, you know, we've all had a lot of yeah. time to work on ourselves to really, you know, open those doors and, and really evaluate where we're at and what we want to do. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see people come back to their professions or maybe they won't. They've changed uh, in different course, but the way that they will have evolved and maybe mentally, you know, in a different place to think, no, I'm going to go out and get this. And I think that's where I'm kind of at now within this this pause of a year. Like I want to hit the ground running and yeah, why, why can't that opportunity be for me? I know I can do that and, and really go for it. So I empower anyone listening, you know, know yeah. what your goal is and go for it. And you might get set back. You might hit a hurdle, yeah. but you know, dream it, believe it. That's it. all so what I'm about and, for this next you know, year. If it, if it doesn't work, then it's okay and adapt and move on to something else. But it's so much, it's so fulfilling to like check it off your list yeah. like, as, long, as long as i spoke to somebody yesterday and i you know if you've given it your all and you can walk away 110 percent that i did my best and it still didn't work out then that's fine it wasn't for me i'm exactly. going to move on and to I something think else so and there will be something for you part, 
of anything that happens in your life, whether it's relationships or uh, work, it's, I, I really try not to regret things. And I really try to not to be a shoulda, coulda, woulda type of person. And which is hard not to do because obviously everyone yeah. makes mistakes and nothing's perfect. And you look back and you're like, oh, that wasn't a good choice. But um, you just, you just learn from it and, and try to learn from every negative and positive situation and, uh, and move forward and be grateful for it. The only thing I regret <laughs> was bleaching my hair for like a decade. <laughs> now it's back to normal. It's fine, but I definitely probably I lost a lot. That. <laughs> That's the only thing. Uh, <laughs> so you talked about some struggles within your uh, career and how you overcome them and you know what you would tell yourself. What about somebody who's been influential to you throughout your career? You know, has there been um, a time where you know, there's a person that's really helped you. And I try to do that now as a leader is, you know, really invest in the team and invest in people. You know, even if you can just make a small change or help them a small way on their journey, it's, you know, fulfilling for me. What about you? Has there been that person who's been influential to you and, and helped oh, you so nice. become um, the, the great professional that you are today? My, firstly, my family and my other half, David, are it's just the most supportive people, but professionally, um, Sarah Beth Reno, um, she, for those of you, oh my gosh, um, she, Wonderful she has woman. been in my life, my entire land career. She, I don't know if you know that she was president of onboard media when I moved into, um, the office right out of ships, um, before she moved over to carnival. And yeah. I, if you know her, you, you know, the incredible character that she is, but she is like the definition of firecracker, confident, but also vulnerable and being able to ask questions and just like so enthusiastic and so driven and so motivated. And um, when I started working with her at Onboard Media, yeah. to be honest, I'm like, I don't, I don't think she thinks I'm great <laughs> just because I was so quiet and, you know, I was like still <laughs> kind of trying to figure out my way. And uh, I was lucky enough um, that when she moved over to Carnival, she would call me for different projects. And then she was the one that called me for the um, marketing job for entertainment. And so she gave me that opportunity. And she is just so supportive, but also challenges me. And so, you know, if I would present something to her, and she's like, I don't, I don't think it's going to work, or, you know, I want you to change it. She wouldn't tell me what to do. She would just say, like, go figure it out and come back to me with solutions. And so, you know, she would guide me in a certain way, but she would always yeah. let me either succeed or fail. But, you know, if I failed, it wasn't in a way that um, should make me feel bad about it. It was just like, it's okay, let's figure it out. I think that, you know, let's figure it out is such a big, <laughs> such a big part of the complete industry <laughs> and the complete world right now. Um, and then when I left for, when I left Carnival for Royal Caribbean, I felt so bad that I went to her house and I brought cake pops for her children. And I knew that she was going to support me, but I was, I was still scared to like tell her that I was going to leave. And she's like, good, go. And she, as a leader, you have different leaders that either support your development and excited to see you leave and excited to see you um, be successful. Or you have leaders that don't want you to leave and they want to hold on to you for the rest of their lives. Right. Which is fine in both sense, but she has always right. been someone that wants to see people succeed. And even if it's leaving for a competitor in a different job, she's like, go do it, be amazing at it. And um, thankfully yeah. she's now more of a friend than anything else because, you know, we, during this time we still have um, 
social distancing uh, wine nights <laughs> where we'll go over to our house and sit in her backyard and seeing what oh. she's been handed um, and her just drive. It's someone that she's, she's going to keep going for a long time. And uh, she's been bounced around a lot in carnival in different positions and just seeing her commitment to her team and the commitment to the product that she puts out is so inspiring and um and she's just helped me my entire career well that that yeah. is like fantastic to have somebody like that right um and if you're lucky enough to work in i mean i love where i work and and, and get to experience that as well if you can work with someone and have a leader like that it's only going to grow and it's only going to help you and to listen to those stories and how passionate you've just spoken for a few minutes about that experience and that leader it says a lot that's a fantastic story in regards to you you know, you've in this big entertainment industry, a question I've been asking throughout my series, um, and it's kind of relevant now with this pause in operation, um, entertainment operations around the world and the arts, is, you know, the common question is like, well, you know, when are you going to get a real job? Uh, you know, <laughs> ships for a lot of people doesn't seem real. It's this, you know, and it, for a lot of people it is, you know, it's a vacation it's getting away mm -hmm. from everything but for a lot of us it's our life it's our career what's you know the myth around you know that not being a real career or entertainment not being a real career how do you go about you know debunking those rumors and oh, if you definitely. had any of those experiences well trying to explain what the what the port shopping guide role is to anyone is is just doesn't make any sense where it's like you talk about shopping like that is that a real thing um and so i, I definitely got to deal with that for <laughs> a long time at the beginning of my um my career and i think um you know people just need to understand this is, sounds really it sounds weird people need to understand the numbers at the end of the day um you know especially as an entertainer if you say that you got to perform in front of 2400 people every single week for you know six like 2400 different people every week for six months at a time i think people really understand that it, it is such an important yeah. and big job um with myself i i got to present you know just to so many people but i also got to um show them the numbers behind it on and how much people go shopping to um when i moved to carnival uh, and I got to talk about a lot of the what I was able to do with them. I think people were really understanding that there's a lot to the cruise industry and there's a lot to entertainment. Um, but still to this day, you know, I go back home and they're like, oh, she does stuff with cruise ships. <laughs> there's like, and we get kind of bold, like balled up into this <laughs> yeah. big, um, we all kind of get just lumped together where it's not like, oh, they're an entertainer on cruise ships or they did marketing on cruise ships. Oh yeah, they do stuff with cruise ships. And um, I think it's just presenting the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People do not get it. Yeah. My, even my mom, this, this podcast series. So, you know, entertainment wise, my, I tell my mom what it is. And she, every time I say, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing this today. She's like, are you having an interview for what? And I'm like, no, you just don't get it. Like <laughs> she kind of had this thing about the cruise ship industry until she came to actually yeah. see what I did firsthand and was like, okay, now I get it. So it's, it's very interesting to, to see people's minds where I'm right now where I'm working and I talk about, you know, what my job is. They're like, no. it's just always like, oh, right. It's just don't, don't get it. I don't think until you experience it and you, you see it, you know, career, but it um, it's real people. So it's a real much. career. And, you know, they just, 
having to have to work. You, you see all these articles that are coming out. It's like hire cruise ship um, people you know, for land jobs because of they're used to working. And I think that um, there are definitely industries on land that understand it. Um, I've had a few interviews for, you know, amusement parks or family activity centers where they kind they they understand providing a great guest experience. Um, so that's been uh, hopeful, yeah. I guess. But I will say I've had a lot of interviews this year just of um, trying to explain what I did on cruise ship. And they're like, well, that's not really what we're looking for. Cause on, you know, we do it this way. I'm like, no, it's the same thing. It's just on a cruise ship. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the exact same thing. And just people aren't understanding. So yeah, it, it yeah. has been a I, challenge, but I think, I think the more that people give it a chance, even with um, David's job that he got offered for in Utah, he, he presented, um, you know, all everything that he's learned from a cruise ship about programming and guest experience and, um, you know, driving that behavior and driving the traffic to where people want to go. They they loved it. And that's why they hired him. So I think, you know, if anyone's listening, that's not in the cruise yeah. industry, give us a chance and let us explain to you what we do, because it's really great. It's yeah, it's really interesting that you brought that up. I was lucky enough to be a guest on um, somebody else's podcast, and it's talking about ship to shore and the transition, you know, from ship to shore and during this this pandemic. Um, and that was a a big thing for me. You know, when I first got back, I was um, you know doing maybe oh, yeah. thirty, forty uh, applications a week for jobs and I was like why am I not getting you know I'm a head of department I do this I do this and um it was like you're you know some you're not qualified or and I was like this is mm -hmm. insane and then we spoke about transferable skills and I think what was important takeaway from that actually you know yes what we do on the ship and cruise ships is the same as on land but it's trying to change the vocabulary of mm -hmm. how it looks and presents to be the same as on land and I think one if you can do that um, it, you can be successful and that they get it more when you kind of change the lingo or, or have somebody have a look oh, at your resume and maybe have a tweak and professionally put it together. We can use those transferable skills, but yeah, it's really interesting. I was in the same boat. You've like, seriously, <laughs> I, I can't get a job there. What? Like crazy. Well, coming towards the end of this uh, podcast, I, it's been really insightful to listen to all of your experience and um, you've had, like I say, so many great experiences. I want to talk really quickly about kind of what you've been doing through this pandemic um talking about uh, a new entertainment um a project company that of course, uh, you were yeah. a co-founder um, of do you want to just talk a little a bit about that for for us and we were we were really excited about it and we still are really excited about it um when like I mentioned, I, when I got laid off in April um my other half got laid off two weeks before me and April, May, in the beginning of June, we kept seeing all of our friends either getting laid off. And this was a couple months after the operations have stopped. So all the crew members and all our friends that were on ships were already at home waiting around. And then everyone that's working in the office was everyone was just getting laid off one by one by one. And um, a co-worker, uh, Kevin Noonan, who I used to work with at Carnival, called me up. And he called me and he's like, so I think I'm going to get laid off. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And he's like, and he's like, um, you know, <laughs> if or when I do, I really want to start something. I think there's an opportunity for us. And so we created what is called Majestic Circus. Um, and it is an online um, 
entertainment company where we provide gaming experiences um, for uh, that are live hosted. And so we did a lot of what we learned from the cruise industry when we first started. And we did a lot of research online and we wanted to see if there was anything available where it was a live hosted experience. And we all know there's a lot out there where you can play um, games online or, um, you know, there's Jackbox TV. There's a couple other uh, companies that are doing virtual gaming, but nothing was really hosted live or felt that personal. Um, and so we we knew that um, yeah. that it was going to take longer than I think we were hoping for, for cruising to come back, for the world to come back. And so we wanted to provide something, some type of entertainment, really, for people to enjoy while they had to sit at home um, and for people to still connect with each other. And I think we all we all know, we all agree that, you know, Zoom calls and virtual happy hours blew up, right? When we first when we first started and you start <laughs> connecting with people that yeah. you actually haven't really even connected with in a long time. And so we created Majestic Circus and it was a way for people to connect with each other while staying at home. But we also wanted it to be um, a source of entertainment. And um, and we wanted to look at entertainment in a little bit of a different way than just watching um, watching a video of, of someone perform, but more of an interactive, engaging way. Yeah. And uh, and then the other part of it, too, is that interactive. We, yeah. We were excited because we were able to give an opportunity to a lot of our friends and a lot of our coworkers that grew up with us in the cruise industry that were just sitting at home to perform again. And so there was two folds to it. We wanted people to connect, but we also wanted to give a space for entertainers, singers, comedians. We have a couple port shopping guides um, to to be able to get back on stage, even though it's a different type of stage that's in front of, you know, in your home, in front of your camera to perform yeah. and to engage with people um, because it's something that they love. And so it's turned great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and right now that's kind of where the world is at, right? We're all, we're all plugging into our iPads, our laptops, our phones to get entertained. And yeah. so if you can do that and it be interactive, that's a fantastic thing. So um, I will share the, the details of that in this podcast. So if anyone's listening and check it out, Majestic Circus, uh, and you so can have fun. one of those online experiences right mm. in your very own home. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so just before I let you go, um, anyone that's looking to, you know, get into branding, revenue marketing, like specifically say entertainment industry, are there any resources or what advice would you give uh, that can help them you oh my know, gosh. become um, better or progress in that can. avenue? There are so many resources on like LinkedIn and on the computer, just Google, Google anything, Google whatever you want to learn about, whether it's branding or marketing and, uh, and learn. Cause I think, the world has is changing. The world has changed, and uh, and we need to adapt to it. Um, this sounds really weird, but watch commercials. <laughs> this is everyone thinks I'm crazy because I love regular TV and I don't yeah. buy premium Spotify because I like listening to the ads and the commercials. But I've learned so much because it's how it's how these massive companies that we all buy from advertise to us and so don't uh don't shy away from commercials or advertisements that you even see that pop up on your feed um or you know and spy i was gonna say spotify's gonna come after me don't buy premium um but listen to <laughs> listen to <laughs> the ads. 
premium. I'm on Spotify, everyone. Buy premium. And then, you know, I think for a personal side of it, just just jump into it fully and commit to it and ask questions to people. I I never think I'm the smartest person in the room because I'm not ever the smartest person in the room. And uh, and it's always great to ask questions and to learn um, as much as you possibly can um, and then build something from that because you can't you can't build something if you're always if you're always in the same place. Um, so make sure that you try to try to learn as much as possible and observe as much as possible. Yeah. The world around us is is just this wonderful bowl of um, information and knowledge. And if you just look around and watch people and, and watch things that's going on, you'll be able to learn so much from from everything that's around you. Yeah. Fantastic advice. I just want to say quickly, I never said during this, if you like, I had such a pleasure uh, working with you when I was a performer before I moved to, uh, you know, being an entertainment director, just having that experience with you, you know, you've, I think anyone listening can see how passionate and enthusiastic you are about the experience and product. And, you know, I bought into that right away just from meeting you. And so did my team. And we just loved the experience. So if you're lucky enough to get to work with Victoria, you'll experience (laughs) all of that. So it's a, it's a real joy. I, I appreciate you so much. I that that means so much. Yeah, it really is a great experience. So, last question. I'm going to let you go. I know you're very, very busy uh, over there in Miami. And um, if you, if there was anything you knew before you started out uh, <laughs> within the industry, uh, not the psychology route that you <laughs> within the, within the industry that you could give advice to, you've you've given some great advice already. But just to sum it up, if you'd known something before you started out to help you, would have made you, you know, more confident or better, or just oh you know more relaxed um, in what you were doing and saying out to. What were your advice? afraid I think and try not to get intimidated um, when I first started because it was an industry that I didn't know I've never been on cruise ships before I didn't know anything and um, every position that I've had since then has been a new position and so I've always jumped into something where I've really known nothing about like even with bingo I, I think I played bingo once as a child before <laughs> I, I took over that program um, try not to get intimidated I think that's harder to do it's it's easier said than done um but just believe in yourself and don't get intimidated and don't be too hard on yourself uh, because things are going to go wrong and you are going to mess up and it's okay and just find people find the right people to trust and that support you and that make you feel good i actually a good friend of mine christy martinez just sent me um a, a little quote that said surround yourself that make surround yourself with people that make you feel the best and that make you feel that you are the best that you can be um, because those are the people that are going to support you. And that is in any sense, whether it's professionally or personally, just surround yourself with people that make you feel good about yourself and try not to get intimidated and, um, and just jump in. Um, because if, even if it turns out poorly, at least you'll know for next time that you're not going to do yeah. that again. <laughs> <laughs> for sure uh fantastic advice victoria it's been a pleasure speaking with you i i <laughs> could probably stay here all night long and speak with you um but i will let you go <laughs> um it's been awesome i think it's been real great insight of your career and you know what that aspect of uh, the business looks like and you know how it all comes together and we get 
that experience and revenue and branding and all of that good stuff so thank you so much um i will put uh, victoria's details if you do have any further questions i know she's a fantastic leader and she will be open to answering any questions if you do i will put her professional platforms that you can reach out to her on so victoria thank you so much amazing um, thank you stay so much. safe I and you. Um, i hope to see you very Bye. very soon Thanks again for joining me on Industry Insights with DPDS. It's been a pleasure having you. We will see you next week for our next episode where I'll be interviewing more entertainment industry professionals, sharing their stories. Until then, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and all the links will be provided in this podcast. Until then, enjoy your morning, afternoon, or evening. And most of all, stay safe.